Hello all, I have another great episode for you here. Might be a shorter episode, but a really good episode for you here. So here's what we'll have. We'll talk about the MLB after Blake Snell came out this past week, past week with his opinion on the MLB's plan to come back. We'll talk about, and this isn't necessarily for fact, but there is a rumor that in 2018, the Seahawks looked to trade Russell Wilson to the Browns for the first overall pick. So I'll talk about that also. I'm going to to talk about the defensive rookie of the year in my mind for this NFL coming season after um, the odds were released this past week. I'm also going to talk about Cowboys versus Eagles after the odds to win the NFC East. I think it's East for them. The NFC East was released this past week and who I think will win it. And then I will end my episode once again with the hot take that I always do. This one will be about the NFL MVP for this coming season. Uh, and also, we will do the short weekly news part at the beginning here in half a second. So, here we go. I'm shortly going to go over the weekly news for this past week, but there isn't much. So, we're just going to quickly go through this and then move on to the next topic. So, the only real thing that happened this week that I won't talk about later on in any of the segments would be that um, the all of the week one lines for the NFL games were released with the over and unders and then um, who who's more likely to win and all that stuff. And um, all the award NFL award um, betting lines are up as well, were put up in this past week as well. And I'll kind of address that in a couple minutes here. But that's really the only other news that's not anything I'm going to talk about later on in any segments. So now I'm going to move on to another piece of news here, and that would be about the NLB, MLB and Blake Snell and what their proposal is. So here we go into that. Now I'm going to shortly talk about the MLB's proposal for a restart in 2020 here. So, on Monday of this past week, the MLB proposed, all the owners agreed upon a proposal, that there be an 82-game season starting in the beginning of July with training camps, well, not training camps, spring training, starting on June 10th or so, which is only um, less than a month away. And that'd be great, because we all want to see sports of some sort here, so we're all rooting for baseball, but there are some kinks to this agreement that the only the owners agreed upon, not the players' association with them. This agreement would, as I said, allow 82 games. There'd be 14 playoff teams, which expands from the normal 10, I'm pretty sure is the number that they usually have. And then you would ha- it would only, it would be the teams would be using their home stadiums instead of their Arizona and Florida League stadiums that they use for spring training. So there would still be travel. And they would use their stadiums as long as they follow state rules. So if there were to be a situation where a state wouldn't allow a team to use their stadium, that could change what happens with that. But that's a proposal right now, which would give you your 82-game season, but 14-team playoffs. Now, this is an interesting proposal if you... I think it could work, but this only agree upon... And there's one part that I kind of left out here is the proposal, and I think I'm not... I might not phrase this correctly, but I think it's that it would be a... um. 50-50 revenue split between players and um and ownership 
And there was something about this that almost made it a cap for the players amount that they could get. And that's what's angering the players right now. We saw this anger come out of Blake Snell just the other day. Um, on Thursday afternoon, this podcast is being recorded on Friday because I was unable to do it yesterday. On Thursday, on either Wednesday or Thursday, the Tampa Bay races raise ace Blake Snell said he will not play this season for a reduced salary, especially because the risk of contracting COVID-19 is just not worth it, in his words. Now, and then we saw Bryce Harper agree with him later on. This makes it very interesting. So, they argue that for pay cut, the players are arguing they shouldn't have to, if they're going to risk themselves going out and playing in a virus like this, they shouldn't be taking a pay cut to go do that. And now you can arguably see their point in their view here with the not need, not wanting to take a pay cut if they're risking lives. But I think it's very overdramatic because there are tons of other people in America right now, and I'm not really able to talk on this myself very well, and I'm sorry that I'm not going to give a very... My opinion won't be fully like accounting for everything here, but I'm going to try and tell it the best I can see here. There are tons of other people who are not making anywhere close to the amount of money that Blake Snell is or any of these players in the MLB are. And the MLB players are just holding out for money. Yet, there are people who are being forced to go out and work and have to go out and work to make a living right now in a much more dangerous situation than playing in a baseball field that's completely open with a couple other guys. This is... It's just, it doesn't look good for the MLB players. It doesn't make Blake Snell look good. It doesn't make Bryce Harper look good. I, it's, I, their opinion isn't bad. That's not the reason, I mean, their opinion isn't great, but they're, they have at least, like, semi-legitimate reasons for saying what they're saying about not wanting to take a pay cut to go out and do this. But you didn't, they didn't need to come out and say it like this. They could have just told the MLB that that's not, that they don't agree with that and that they need to, find a way to make a different proposal for the season to start. So it looks bad considering that we all want to watch sports at some point here, yet right now it's only being held up because players are unwilling to take less money than they would usually be making, and all this is still in the millions of dollars, so it doesn't necessarily matter however you look at it. So in my opinion, I'm very angered by what Blake Snell and Bryce Harper are doing and saying about not wanting to take a pay cut at all. And I really hope that the MLB does restart soon. And we can only pray that the MLB finds a way to work this out with the players, even if they don't want to take pay cuts and get everyone on the same track here. So we can all just start seeing games sometime in the near future. Now I'm going to move on to my next segment, which is going to be a short talk about a very, very funny situation that was brought up recently in a rumor about the Seahawks and the Browns. I'm going to talk about the Seahawks and the Browns. And a really interesting situation in a report that was brought up recently by, I think it was Chris Sims, I'm not sure, um, that reportedly in 2018, the Seahawks offered Russell Wilson for the Browns' 2018 number one overall draft pick, which they ended up taking Baker Mayfield with. So this is interesting in some different ways. I kind of just wanted to talk about it for a minute because I have a very... I um I don't think my opinion is all that much agreed with by a lot of other people. So I have a very interesting opinion here that I wanted to share. I don't think this is stupid. I think this is actually a really smart move by the Seahawks. Now, there would be a lot of backlash, and that's the only reason that you'd have to think about doing something like this 
Oh, and also I wanted to mention one thing. The Browns declined the deal, obviously, which is interesting in its own right, and I'll talk about that in a second, too. But I, I mean, the only bad part of this deal for the Seahawks, in my opinion, is that it would obviously make the people of Seattle really, really mad because they all love Russell Wilson. They all think he's amazing and everything. So, I mean, that would be bad, thinking about that and how Russell Wilson is such a big figure in Seattle right now. But that's the only problem. I think this is incredibly smart. We've seen recently and repeatedly that the highest-paid NFL quarterback over the last 20 years has never won a Super Bowl when he was the highest-paid. You Teams win Super Bowls when their quarterback is either on a rookie contract or a really cheap contract from something previously or a deal that's previously made. You need to have the cap room to be able to add talent all around the quarterback. And with Russell Wilson, you don't have that cap room because Russell Wilson's going to get paid tons and tons of money. He's probably a top-five QB money-wise right now, I think, at this moment, considering his deal a couple of years ago for $107 million. So, I think it's not that bad. Now, there's the aspect of the Baker Mayfield isn't all that great of a quarterback, and so far, really, with that pick, though, they could have taken technically Lamar Jackson, though they probably most likely would not have reached and taken Lamar Jackson with the first overall pick in the 20... Um, 2018 NFL draft, but with that pick, you could have taken a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, uh, uh, what do you, what did I say, Lamar Jackson, or any of these really talented quarterbacks. Now, Lamar Jackson's the only one that's really turned out all that well there, but and they probably wouldn't have taken him there, but taking a Baker Mayfield even isn't the end of the world in that pick, and I think that though Baker Mayfield is such a drop-off from Russell Wilson, the amount of money you have now to be able to spend on other players because of the loss of Russell Wilson is so drastic that that would have made the Seahawks a Super Bowl contender anytime soon. I think it would have been a great deal for the Seahawks. I think this teams don't win if they add if they um, sign their quarterback to absolutely giant deals. Now, it will happen sometime soon probably in that whole thing will probably be broken because Patrick Mahomes will sign a record-breaking deal and then he might win a Super Bowl after that. Though, that's a take for another time that I don't think Patrick Mahomes will ever win their Super Bowl. I, actually, I might backtrack on that. But um, I think I think it would have been very good. We see this right now with Dak Prescott. The Cowboys have been stating that they're reluctant to sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal just because, as they've seen in the statistical area that when you add a quarterback for a giant deal, you're not going to win a Super Bowl because you can't spend it on everybody else and adding talented players around him. So in my opinion, it actually makes sense. Sorry <clears throat> sorry for that voice crack there. In my opinion, it actually makes sense for the Seahawks to have done this. There obviously would have been outrage. And the Browns, I, oh, I want to talk about this too, the Browns, um, the Browns declined it, and that's the other awful part of it. Now, people are saying the Seahawks are the people who are terrible for doing this deal and are absolutely stupid because Russell Wilson's an MVP like player. Though, I'd like to note he's never won an MVP yet, so you can't say he's an MVP player, really. Um, people, I think it's the Browns who are stupid here. The Browns would have added, though they could have added a quarterback like Baker Mayfield that they might think is better than Russell Wilson, I think the Browns needed a quarterback like Russell Wilson. They need a player like Russell Wilson. Because at this time, they didn't have Odell or any of those star players that were making them be looked at as like Super Bowl contenders as they were last year, even though they screwed it up really badly. If you add Russell Wilson, you immediately get a lot more hype around your team. And Russell Wilson's going to be statistically solid. So I think it would have helped both teams to make this deal. I think it would have made the Seahawks a Super Bowl contender, having Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson, one of those players. And I think it would make the Browns a much more, like, 
just a much better franchise having Russell Wilson and make them actually more talked about in an actual team. So I think it's a very interesting thing that this is being reported. This isn't for a fact that this deal actually happened, but it, it was reported by multiple people on NB, in NBC Sports. So I just wanted to bring that up at this moment and talk about that. Now I'm going to move on to a short talk about the Defensive Rookie of the Year for the NFL after the odds were released this past week. So, Defensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL um, odds were released in this past week, so let me just read you the top six players for the odds. At plus um, 2,000, that's um, Kenneth Murray, then you have Jeff Okuda, Patrick Queen, A.J. Epinesa, Isaiah Simmons at number two, and then Chase Young at number one, being the highest drafted defensive player in this past um in this past month's NFL draft. So, obviously, as I just said, you have Chase Young favored to win it by a fair amount, um, having the best odds by far to win the award this coming season. Now, that makes sense. He was amazing when he was at Ohio State. I think he'll be very good in the NFL. I don't think he's a bust. I think he'll play very well. I think Isaiah Simmons will play very well, but I'll come back to him in a minute and talk about it. I think A.J. Epinesa will do very well this coming season up in Buffalo. I think Patrick Queen got into a great system at Baltimore this offseason. I think Jeff Okuda will do very well, and I think Kenneth Murray will do very well. So I'm not worried... <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> I'm not worried about these um players that bad leader. I think they're all... All the people on this list are going to do very well. But... The player that I think is going to win the award by far is, drumroll please, yeah, you can't hear the drumroll, never mind, um, Kenneth Murray. I think that Kenneth Murray on the Chargers will play amazing this season. He was a good linebacker at Oklahoma. I had been, so every year for college football, I'll do this again this season, assuming there is a college football season. Um, I pick a team that I think is somewhat underrated, and I think and I'll pick and I pick them to go to the college football playoff. And I've been right the past uh, two years, three of the last four years, and I picked Oklahoma two seasons ago here, and kind of this last season too, but two seasons ago when they had Kyler Murray and they were ranked uh, number ten entering the season. And um, Kenneth Murray has performed every year for that team on defense, though their defense has kind of sucked every year when they were there. We. It's just, Kenneth Murray has this speed that he can get across the field in the same speed as, like, a safety, but he can hit as well as any other linebacker can. That's what gives him a chance. And I think the Chargers also have a very good team, which helps him get a lot of viewership that helps you get awards like this. And I think the Chargers also have a good defense around him to where he can make plays in his own, but he doesn't have to worry about carrying the whole defense like he did at Oklahoma, considering they had nobody else on defense with him. And that's what I think kind of frees him up to be the best player he's very intelligent. I had an interview from him the other week on ESPN. And um, I just think he'll do very well. Now, at number two, I have Isaiah Simmons here. I think Isaiah Simmons is by far the most versatile player in this draft. I think he's probably the most talented and will have the best career of all of them. But I just don't see him doing exactly as well as Kenneth Murray. But I think he'll have a great rookie season since the Cardinals' defense will be much more reliant on him. He'll get a lot of the attention of other NFL teams because the Cardinals defense is really awful and he can play all the positions so you have to keep an eye on him and where he is. So I think uh obviously Kenneth Murray will win, but I think Isaiah Simmons will be a fairly close second 
um, for the award this coming season. I think he'll play very well. After that, of these six players, I have Patrick Queen at number three, Chase Young at number four, Jeff Okuda at five, and A.J. Epinesa at six. I'm not sure that I think A.J. Epinesa can win it this season, but they'll all do very well. So I would have right now Kenneth Murray as the number one odds to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, though I think Isaiah Simmons can challenge him. And I don't think really anybody else will be in the same conversation as them for Defensive Rookie of the Year this coming season. So, uh, now I will move on to a short talk about the Cowboys versus the Eagles, and I have an opinion on that. So, it was announced in this past week that both the Cowboys and the Eagles have plus 120 odds, meaning that if you bet $100, you'd win $120 to win the NFC East, giving them both even odds at winning the division. I think that this is this is right of the um of these sports books to have them set right now because I think both teams are around the same talent, though I think the Cowboys are slightly better and will have a much better season this coming season for a couple of reasons. I think that every year you for the last like fifteen or so years, I think it is, and not I don't know the exact number, but I think it's been fifteen or so. There's been a different winner of the NFC East every season. So I think that that's one reason that the Cowboys will win over the Eagles there, though that's not really a legitimate reason. But I think that will factor into it. And I think the Cowboys will win it again just because there's no team that automatically dominates the division every year. But I think the Cowboys are more solid overall and more experienced too. You have Dak, hopefully, assuming Dak comes back. But if you don't, you have Andy Dalton, and he's a solid quarterback at least. Not a great one, but a solid quarterback. And then you have Zeke Elliott, who, though I don't think he is worth as much as like a Saquon or a Christian McCaffrey or an Alvin Kamara who can catch a pass as well, and I think pass-catching running backs are more valuable in the league now, Zeke is still a very dominant runner, and that will play a factor in um in them doing very well because they have a great running back to go along with a solid quarterback. And then they also have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and... CeeDee Lamb. And I talk about the Cowboys too much on this podcast, even though I don't really like the Cowboys or anything. I have no feelings for them for any reason here. But I just think the Cowboys will have a very good season this year. I think the Cowboys will beat out the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles will play that great. I think Carson Wentz will once again screw it up somehow and get injured or something like that of some sort because I don't think he can find a way to ever play a full season without having any sort of problem and not getting injured in any way. I also think that... um that the Eagles don't really have a surefire running back. I'm trying to remember the running backs on their ro- on their roster right now. Give me a second. I'm going to search it up while I'm thinking here. But I'm not sure exactly if they have a surefire running back. So that will play, will play a problem in this coming season if you don't have a running back like the, Cowboy do, the Cowboys do in Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the Eagles have Miles. Oh, yeah, they have Miles Sanders. He's solid. Miles Sanders was okay this last season, so I'm not worried about him, I guess. So, yeah, they have Miles Sanders, but that's really it. So they don't have the same type of running back that um that the Cowboys have. So they don't have that – you don't have that solid runner who's always going to be there. So right now I think Dak's better than Carson Wentz, though that's arguable. I think Zeke's obviously better than Miles Sanders. And then I think that the Cowboys receivers are much better than the Eagles receivers. So I think the Cowboys generally have a better offense. Cowboys defense, on their hand, 
that's a close one with the Eagles. Both teams have talented players in Demarcus Lawrence, Fletcher Cox on the defensive line, and then tons of other players on the, in the secondary and everything. Though the Eagles don't have a very strong secondary, might need help there this coming season. I think this is the Cowboys' division to lose. I think it'll be a close race, but I can see the Eagles coming in like six and no, that's not true. I see the Eagles coming in at like seven and nine, eight and eight. While I think the Cowboys can come out within a ten and six or an eleven and five record, maybe even twelve and four this coming season. Though I kind of need to see if that actually works out and that and those records can work together. Exactly. So, that's what I think the take on the NFC East is right now. Not much news this week, so I'm kind of not really getting all that much information on it. But that's kind of what I think it looks like right now. I think that the Cowboys have that division to lose, though the odds are even. I think it's right to have the odds even. So, right now, we'll just have to see how that goes. And I'll talk more about other NFL divisions in the coming weeks here up to till the NFL season. So now I'll move on to what's going to end off my episode, which is my hot take that I do at the end of each episode now, so you can think about that as you go away. I finally want to end my episode off with a hot take, and that hot take would be that I think Kyler Murray will win the NFL MVP award for this coming season in 2021. Well, 2020, as we just said, assuming there is a season. Now, this isn't necessarily completely a hot take. This is kind of like a medium warmth take because it's there. I've heard other people making this take right now just because of based on what's happened before, and I'll kind of explain that in a half a second. But. There is an aspect to it that is hot in the fact that he didn't, like, he put up good stats last year, but he's not one of the top favorites to win it. He's, like, 10th or 11th on the list of favorites to win the MVP award for this coming season with Patrick Holmes and Lamar Jackson obviously being one and two on that list. So, here's my reasoning for why I think Kyler Murray will win the MVP award this coming season. And I've kind of, I've been on his boat for a while now. I predicted he would win the Heisman at Oklahoma, though that's mostly not believable. Um, but I can sometime get video of me predicting that to show. So I've been on the Kyler Murray boat for a while now. I think that Kyler Murray is very talented, and just because of his straight-up speed, that's what helps him get around. He's really twitchy, jumpy, and that's kind of what you need when you're a small quarterback like that. And he's not going to be able to see over his offensive line, but his offensive lineman last year didn't do anything in the first place because they were so awful, so it doesn't matter. He just has to run out of there. I think that he can win it for for, well, one specifically because of what's happened before. Over the last three seasons, entering, like, assume, well, entering week 13, well, that's not necessarily true. Last season, Lamar Jackson won the award, and he was in his second year playing in the NFL. He was dynamic, he could run around, and he was just, he was a great player, and he caught the eyes of everybody else just because he was so dynamic and he was so fast. The year before, Patrick Mahomes won it in his second year because he was so quick and jumpy and he had great arm and he had that flashy sense to him. And then the year before, though I think it was Tom Brady who ended up winning the award, Carson Wentz was on pace to win the award in Week 13 because of how well he was playing and how he was on the national stage constantly. And he played dynamically and flashy in front of the in front of the camera when... um when they were playing on live TV. And so he was going to win the award until he got injured in week 13 against the Rams. So I think that based on that, I would have Kyler Murray winning this year because I think it will be a second-year quarterback. 
Now you have other second-year quarterbacks like Dwayne Haskins, who I don't think is going to have some amazing season. Or you have Daniel Jones, who I don't think is going to be absolutely amazing this coming year. The only other player that I think is a second-year quarterback that could actually compete with compete with Kyler Murray for this award would be Drew Locke, but I'm not sure. I kind of have to think about him a little more before I fully put this in because when we when I do my NFL season preview in like in August or so before the season starts, I will um I will talk about who I think my MVP actually will be. Though I would bet right now on Kyler Murray to win the MVP. I think that he'll put up great passing stats because he has a good arm. He's twitchy. He put up good passing stats last season, 3,800 yards, I think, or so, and um, tw- high 20s in touchdowns. I'm not really sure. And not, like, massive amounts of interceptions. I was thinking it was, like, 13 or so. So I, I think his passing will only go up with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins to his offense. So I see no way that his passing is worse. I think his running can, will only get slightly better this coming season. I think he's a great runner because he's really quick. He's Lamar Jackson-esque in his running. He's just a better passer than Lamar Jackson. That's kind of why I think he can win. He is the better version of Lamar Jackson in many senses for the season, but he doesn't run as much as Lamar Jackson. And that's the reason he won't get as many of those kind of running, rushing stats that Lamar Jackson got last year. So in my opinion, the hot take is that Kyler Murray, with the new revamped Arizona offense, with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins and the additions of Josh Jones and other players to the offensive line, I think Kyler Murray will win NFL MVP this coming season just because he's a second-year quarterback, and that's when we see the most jump out of second-year players most often. So thank you for listening to that. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Um, give me a second here, and I want to go over one more thing before this finishes. So here we go. As I said a second ago, sorry, I had forgotten something that I wanted to add, but it's not coming to me now. As I said a second ago, thank you for listening to this episode. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, which I hope the podcast is up on Apple Podcasts by now, but I will check again, or on iTunes, hit the like and subscribe and rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, please follow the podcast and continue to give it a listen. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And bye.